Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 101 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast Show. I'm your host, Paul Marquis. Today, we're going to be talking about cervical traction. I thought, you know, this is a great time to do this. I just put up a couple of videos on YouTube about doing manual and mechanical cervical traction, how to perform it, and why we like doing it. Um, so, uh, you know, I do a ton of cervical traction. I love it. I, I do both manual and mechanical traction uh, with, um, you know, really good results. And then when we don't get those really good results, it gives us really good information. So, today, we're going to be talking about you know, the different types of diagnoses uh, we do cervical traction on. We talk about some of the indications, contraindications, um, when should you perform manual versus mechanical traction, um, and, uh, you know, we'll be talking about parameters and a whole lot more. But before we get started, I'd like to just take a word from our sponsors. Do you experience leg and foot fatigue when standing for long periods of time? A main doctor and the company he founded, Mainly Technology Group, have created a high-tech all-terrain chemical-free sock designed to reduce fatigue. The Easy Glider Sock has a graduated compression weave to keep blood flowing and to keep you energized. Created by Dr. Lee Thibodeau, the Easy Glider is also frictionless, lightweight, warm, extremely durable, and wicks away moisture. The socks will stay fresh for days thanks to the organic antimicrobial agent Kytosan. Easy Glider is the only sock you'll ever need for sports, work, and leisure. To find out more, visit EasyGliderSocks.com. That's EasyGliderSocks.com. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the Easy Slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit EasySlant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. Welcome back. So today we're going to talk about cervical traction and uh, why don't we talk about, you know, why we do it, and uh, you know what are some of the indications, what are some of the diagnoses that we do this with. Now, I love doing cervical traction um, so much more than lumbar traction for one reason. We can really separate the vertebrae and the cervical spine a lot better than we can with the lumbar spine. When you do lumbar spine traction, um, there's a lot of soft tissue there. There's skin, fat, muscle, and uh, you're trying to strap people in and that will sometimes give so you don't have a nice direct stretch uh, of the uh, vertebrae like we do with the cervical spine where we can grab a hold of that suboccipital space. Um, it's a nice little handle there. And when you give that pull, you have nice separation of the vertebrae. And um, it's definitely more mechanical, more structural, and uh, I love doing it. So, you know, what are the most common diagnoses that I do cervical traction on? Well, Number one, you know, for cervical herniated discs, you need to remember that when that disc gets compressed, it's like a jelly donut. The jelly kind of compresses out to the sides. When you put a pull on that, it, it 
kind of has a suctioning effect where it pulls it back in and oftentimes pulls it away from the spinal cord and from the uh, adjacent nerve roots that are getting pinched and irritated, causing a lot of radiculopathy. Um, other people I use this on are, um, you know, people with nerve root uh, impingement or compression by foraminal stenosis. So sometimes that foramen is, is really tight. There might be some spurs there and you just need to get that patient some relief so that they can have some, you know, some, some chemical relief from that compression and some mechanical relief from that compression. So, um, you, you do traction for those folks. I also like to do cervical traction on people with tight cervical spine muscles, especially those who are, you know, really tight in the upper traps and paracervical muscles. Um, this can be relaxing to them and this can help these muscles settle down a little bit so that, uh, the neck moves better. So, you know, it's always important when you do things like traction that you think in the back of your mind, you know, what are the contraindications or, you know, is this patient an appropriate patient to be doing traction on? So folks that have an unstable spine, um, people with rheumatoid arthritis can have some problems with this, you know, not always big complications, but um, they, because they're so inflamed in those facet joints, that may inflame them even more. Um, so you got to be cautious with those, those people. People with osteomyelitis and, you know, cancerous neoplasm in the area of the cervical spine, severe osteoporotics, um, you need to be cautious with. And, um, you know, people with, with vascular issues of the cervical spine and cervical myelitis, myelopathy. Um, and then, you know, uh, also people who have vertigo and some uncontrolled hypertension, sometimes they, um, th their blood pressure will change quite a bit if they get in that supine position. Um, and, uh, you know, some people with vertigo uh, may not be comfortable in that position. So those are some of the things to, to look at and to watch out for when you're doing cervical traction with patients. Um, I always start with manual cervical traction and for there's a couple of reasons for that number one you can feel those cervical spine muscles you can see where they have spasm you can see where they have tightness you can feel that with your hands which you cannot do with a mechanical traction device um it's easy to get the patient to relax. You can just do a little rhythmic rocking um, and just kind of get those muscles relaxed a little bit before you do the traction. Uh, I always tell patients uh, who are, you know, thinking that I'm going to manipulate their necks, I always tell them that, listen, I'm not going to manipulate your neck. I'm just going to give you some nice, gentle traction here, okay? This should be relaxing. Um, I... I tone down my voice a little bit and uh, sometimes you know put a roll under their knees put them in a quiet environment and uh, they get to relax a lot uh, better so you know patient position and comfort is super super important so when we do this cervical traction if we notice that they have less radiculopathy less pain less paresthesia uh, going down the arm or into the scapula or even into the chest well that's an indicator that this problem is coming from the cervical spine but it's also an indicator that they're having mechanical compression so by taking that pressure off you're giving the the nerve and the surrounding soft tissues a chance to relax a little bit those facets that are being compressed all the time in our arthritic sometimes that will they will get some rest from uh, having some traction 
direction. I always like to flex the cervical spine 10 to 15 degrees so we can open up those foramen and, and rest the facet joints a little bit. Um, and people are usually really comfortable in that position. If they have radiculopathy off to one side, like let's say to the left side, I may laterally flex them to the right a little bit just to open up that foramen a little bit more. Now, if you ever traction somebody and it increases their radiculopathy down their arms significantly, which is super rare, but it does happen on occasion, what we have found is that if people have brachial plexus injuries, they do not do well with cervical uh, traction uh, because that, that nerve root is getting tensioned and the whole length of that nerve is getting tensioned and uh, they really do not like that. So you have to be cautious. And that's why I like doing this manually first. You know, you just start really, really light and give a nice gradual pull uh, and make sure that you position yourself as a practitioner in a good position so that you don't overstress your body too because this can, you know, require a lot of strength and tension in your arms while you're holding that that head which weighs 10 to 14 pounds uh, while giving it you know 15 to 20 pounds of traction so that could be a little tough on your body that's why it's so important to work on building strength in your arms and in your postural muscles and in your hands so things like pull-ups and um, you know lat pulls and uh, seated rows and things like that are very good um, to help with uh, these types of treatment there's great carryover with that. But, you know, you can't go home with that patient and do traction with them all day. And we know that doing traction twice, three times a week for 15 to 20 minutes really isn't going to be very beneficial for the patient in the long run. So what we do is we introduce them to mechanical traction. Uh, in our clinic, we have a couple loaner units that we use. And um, we try them out in the clinic. After we've done a couple rounds of manual traction, we'll put them into mechanical traction. We will have them set themselves up in the clinic, make sure they're safe, put a roll under their legs um, and we, we tell them how to you know start which is which is slowly in a comfortable position slightly flexed at the, the cervical spine we make sure that we set up the bumpers behind the suboccipital space so that it, they get nice um, they get a nice pull there and um, we start them off I like to start people off with about 15 pounds of pressure so the head weighs 10 to 14 pounds I like to go just a little bit above that just to get them started to get them to relax a little bit after about three minutes, then I have them bring that traction up to about 18 to 20 pounds and I have them leave it there for 15 to 20 minutes. I have them check the gauge periodically just to make sure that they're not losing pressure because if they wiggle a little bit, um, that will change the amount of pressure and the amount of pull that they're having there. So I have them check that and readjust it as needed. Um, if a patient becomes nauseous, dizzy, double vision, anything weird like that, you know, I have them slowly uh, decrease the pressure and uh, let themselves off. I And I always use a timer. This is very important because people fall asleep in traction because sometimes it is so darn comfortable. Um, they just fall asleep in it. Well, you know, there's really nothing wrong with that as far as the, the low load, long duration stretch. The big problem is that that pressure in the suboccipital space can be a little too much if it's done for a little too long. So they'll end up with tenderness at that suboccipital area area. Um, and then when it comes time to releasing after the timer goes off, we make sure that they um, slowly release that pressure so that the head doesn't come back to the shoulders really quickly because some people will get dizzy with that. Um, so, you know, I've, I use... I use the cervical traction manually and mechanically to give patients relief and to make them more comfortable. And we have really good success with that. But... Um, you know, sometimes patients just have so much foraminal compromise or they have a herniated disc that is so large that it doesn't matter what you do, that you, you just can't, it, it may not heal itself. They may require surgery. So um, a long time ago, a while back, maybe uh, 
10 to 12 years ago, I started a a study and um, it ended up becoming uh, dubbed the Marquee Maneuver where I developed a little test and and we did a little study uh, with a local college and um, found that if we did cervical traction both manually or mechanically and um, the patient showed an improvement in strength, reflex or sensation in a particular level, we could better identify Um, the level of the nerve root compression. So um, we did a lot of cervical traction doing that. Um, And I still, to this day, use this maneuver almost on a weekly basis to help identify what level the nerve root compression is on patients who have nerve root compression problems. But what I have found is not only does it tell us what level, but doing this test uh, and I will have a video in the show notes on how uh, on this procedure and how I used it with a patient who actually had some nerve root compression, who actually had surgery and did very, very well. But the thing that I find uh, most significant with the marquee maneuver is that when you traction the patient and they have a decrease in pain and an improvement, in, a significant improvement in strength, it's a, it's a good sign that they will have a good outcome after a decompressive surgery. Okay, and so by pulling on the cervical spine, we give that nerve root some space and um, they have better conductivity to those muscles. They have less paresthesia and less pain. Um, So but when you release them, all that pain comes back. Well, that tells us that there is a chance that they will get better if um, that uh, cervical spine decompression occurs. So that's that's promising and uh, very encouraging when we see that in patients who just don't get better over a, a long period of time with cervical spine disc issues. Um, so in the show notes today, I will have a video of the marquee maneuver. I'll have a video of how to perform manual traction, and I'll also have a video on how we perform cervical traction. So uh, make sure that you know when you jump onto our YouTube uh, channel, you subscribe to our channel so that you get all the latest videos. I have a ton coming out here. I have a huge list in front of me that I'm going to be doing. And um, make sure you subscribe and give us a thumbs up if you like the videos because that really helps uh, you with uh, you know the pop- popularity of the uh, channel and. Um, helps us to uh, keep it going. So um, folks, I really appreciate your time and um, I I hope you enjoyed our talk today on cervical attraction. If you have any questions, uh, leave them uh, on, uh, send me an email at paul at orthovalpal.com and I'd be more than happy to get back to you. And uh, again, remember we're taking questions from uh, listeners. So if you have any questions regarding an orthopedic issue, please go ahead and ask and we're going to be placing it on our uh, show as uh, part of the show. We'll do a little question answer uh, tidbit. So uh, again, folks, thank you very much. And I hope you all have a great day. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.